0: Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, aka Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. I hope you're well. I'm on vacation. We'll see how many episodes I'm able to pull together in that time. My kid is also on vacation, so I won't be able to write all day, even if I felt so inclined. Today we have the next chapter of the Bibliotheca, Book 3, Chapter 5. And we do pick up where we left off with Dionysus. Sadly, this does not include my favorite story that I was told by a tour guide in Greece. Honestly, I'm not sure if this is an ancient story or just a good joke. You see, Dionysus decides that it's time to go and find his dad up on Olympus. But it's no good to go empty-handed. He finds this plant and decides that it's the perfect gift. He puts it in a bird's bone to carry. But the plant keeps growing and soon the bird's bone is too small. He finds a lion's bone and uses that instead, but the plant keeps growing, and soon Dionysus realizes he needs a new vessel for his plant. This time, he finds a donkey's bone. And the plant doesn't outgrow that bone before Dionysus reaches Olympus. The plant, of course, was the grapevine, and the product of the vine, wine, of course. And wine still retains the properties of those bones. If you drink a little, you feel light, like a bird. If you drink some more, you start to feel strong, like a lion. And if you drink too much, you become an ass. That story is not in Book 3, Chapter 5 of the Biblioteca. So far, I have yet to find a source beyond that tour guide, Marissa. But I love that story, but I digress. When we pick up with Dionysus, he has discovered the vine. But he hasn't yet escaped the wrath of Hera. She drives him mad, and he roams into Egypt, where he stays with King Proteus. Then he goes to Phrygia, where he is finally purified by Rhea. But Dionysus is not done roaming. All is good until he meets Lycurgus, who expels our young god. Dionysus runs off to the sea to cry, where he's comforted by Thetis. Once he feels better, Dionysus gets his revenge by driving Lycurgus mad. And if you remember Euripides as Bacchae, you know it's not a pretty revenge. Lycurgus chops up his son, thinking the boy is a grapevine. But Dionysus isn't done. He tells the people that the land will only bear fruit once more if they execute Lycurgus. So the people do as Dionysus suggests. Dionysus travels across Thrace and through India, setting up shrines there, and eventually he arrives at Thebes, where he gathers a bevy of women to join in his bacchanals. Pentheus, who succeeded Cadmus to the throne, is not amused. He goes to spy on the proceedings and is torn apart by his mother Agave. The people of Thebes realize that Dionysus really is a god, so his work there is done and he moves on to Argos same story. The people don't believe he's a god, he drives the women mad, and they tear their children apart. Then Dionysus decides he wants to sail to Naxos, so he hires some pirates, like you do. And he really should know better because they're pirates. So it's no surprise when they decide to sell their passenger into slavery. So Dionysus drives the pirates mad. They jump overboard and turn into dolphins. After that, mankind decides that Dionysus really is a god and start to worship him without any more bloodshed. And Dionysus goes down to the underworld, rescues his mother, renames her Thione, and together they go up to Olympus. Having finished with Dionysus, the scene shifts back to Thebes and the founders Cadmus and Harmonia. They leave Thebes and go to help the Ankelians in their war against the Illyrians, Neonchelians had been told they'd win if Cadmus and Harmonia led them. And the prophecy proves right. Cadmus becomes king of the Illyrians and even names his next son Illyrius. And later, Cadmus and Harmonia are turned into serpents and sent to the Elysian Fields. Because, yeah, our poet doesn't say. Back to Thebes. After the whole Pentheus-Dionysus thing, Polydorus becomes the new king of Thebes. His son is Labdicus, and Labdicus's son is Laius. But Laius is a child when Labdicus dies, and the throne is usurped by a man named Lycus, who is living in exile with his brother, Nictius, because they killed Phlegius. Um, Any more yeses? Phlegius is airy son, so it's not good. After, a, after 20 years of rule, Zethus and Amphius, Amphion kill Lycus. Here's why. Nyctius's daughter, Antiope, gets pregnant. Can you guess who the father was? Zeus, of course. Her father threatens her, so she elopes with a man named Epopeus. Nyctius feels bad and kills himself. Lycus blames Antiope and Poppius and decides to get revenge. He kills Epopeus and kidnaps Antiope she gives birth to twin boys in good old mythological tradition they are exposed and found by a shepherd who names them zethus and amphion Eventually, Antiope escapes and finds her sons. They kill Lycus for what he did to her and they take over Thebes. As for Laius, he goes to live with Pelops. Now, Zethus marries Thebe, which explains the name of the city, and Amphion marries Niobe, whose dad happens to be Tantalus, so you know this story isn't going to be happy. Amphion and Niobe have seven sons and seven daughters. Unless you ask Hesiod, in which case they have 10 of each. Uh, But then, you know, Herodotus says it's two sons and three daughters. And Homer says it's six and six. I mean, anyway, it's a lot. They have a lot of kids. And Niobe boasts about having more children than Leto, who you may recall only has two. However, those two children happen to be Apollo and Artemis and they do not take this insult lightly. Apollo kills all of the sons, and Artemis kills all of the daughters. Okay, they spare one of each. Which ones? Well, it all depends on who you ask. Niobe leaves Thebes and goes home to her father in Sypolis. There she weeps and prays to Zeus, and he transforms her into a stone that still weeps to this day. Amphion dies, and finally, after all all this, Laius becomes king of Thebes. He marries a woman called Jocasta or Epicosta, depending on who you ask. The oracle tells Laius that if they have a son, that son will kill his father. But Laius gets drunk and forgets, and Jocasta gets pregnant. So he does the obvious thing. He pierces the baby's ankles and gives him to a shepherd to expose, which the shepherd does. But another shepherd finds the baby and takes him to his master, Polybus, who is king of Corinth. Polybus and his wife, Paraboia raise the boy as their own and name him Oedipus because of the swelling in his feet due to that piercing. Oedipus grows up big and strong and clever, and the other boys tease him about his parents not being his real parents, which is messed up because biology and parenthood are not equivalent. First, Oedipus asks Paraboia if she's really his mom, and he doesn't like the answer that he gets, which undoubtedly was, oh, honey, of course I'm your mother, I raised you. So he goes to the oracle at Delphi. The oracle says, don't go home, because if you do, you'll kill your father and marry your mother. Since Corinth is the only home he knows, Oedipus makes sure to stay away, and he heads toward Thebes. He comes across Laius on a narrow road, and their game of chicken turns deadly, with Oedipus killing both Laius and his escort. With Laius gone, Creon becomes king of Thebes. But then this sphinx shows up. Her parents are echidna and typhon, so you know she's a big, bad monster. She has the face of a woman, the body of a lion, and the wings of a bird. And the muses tell her this riddle, which she decides to use as a test on anyone who wants to get to Thebes. I prefer the pdq Hubach peter Schickley summation of this riddle, which goes, What starts out on four legs then goes round on two, and finally walks on three before it's through. The Sphinx eats anyone who can't solve the riddle. And many get eaten before Oedipus shows up, which happens to coincide with Creon proclaiming that whoever can solve the riddle gets to marry Jocasta and become king of Thebes. Oedipus says, Duh, it's a man. A baby crawls before learning to walk on two feet, before using a cane or walking stick in old age. The Sphinx throws herself off the citadel, and Oedipus becomes king and Jocasta's husband, and they have two sons and two daughters whose names should be familiar by this point, Polynices, Etiocles, Ismene, and Antigone, although some say that Jocasta isn't really their mother. Anyway, once everyone figures out that Oedipus is Jocasta's son, she hangs herself and he puts out his eyes before being driven from the city. As he leaves, he curses his sons because they didn't help him. Antigone goes with Oedipus to Colonus where he dies, and that is the end of the chapter. There is so much that happens in this chapter. As I was making notes of things to discuss, I completely forgot that we get the whole Oedipus story before we're through. But we have talked about Oedipus right and left and up and down, so I'll leave any discussion of that to the blog. First, I want to talk about Dionysus and gender fluidity. In general, we have sky gods and earth goddesses. The deities in charge of agriculture are almost always female. But here we have Dionysus, the god of the vine. And I think it's interesting to note that he is purified by Rhea, the titan earth goddess. And then he learns initiation rites from her. So he learns earth goddess initiation rites. So, is Dionysus also an Earth goddess? Of all of the gods, he is the most fluid in terms of gender. He is almost undefinable. I, th- I think might be a good way to put it. So I think it could be argued that Dionysus is a a god of theater and a goddess of the earth. The other thing I want to look at is the story of Niobe knowing that Apollo and Artemis are archers, it's really easy for us to picture the deaths of Niobe's children by that method, being shot with arrows. But Apollo was also said to be the cause of plagues, that people who died during a plague were struck down by Apollo's arrows. So is this myth really about people, children dying a violent death? in a war that we would imagine with arrows, right? Or is this myth really about plague? What stands out to you. Pop over to the blog and share. It's at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. You can also find me on Patreon as triumvirclio. should you feel so inclined. In the next episode, we'll wrap up Roman tragedy. Talk to you then.